This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. For the first time in its 106-year history, the Royal College of Nursing is balloting for strike action. Its 300,000 members will vote on whether or not to strike after the union claims the NHS pay awards have failed to match the rising cost of living. Earlier this year, the government gave most NHS workers a £1,400 pay rise, but that was well below what unions were calling for. Some nurses have told the Evening Standard that they were frustrated at being paid a pittance despite an ever-growing workload. The ballot will officially close on the 2nd of November. In the meantime, it poses another dilemma for the government, already under pressure to boost the wages of other public sector workers and increase benefits in line with inflation. Joining me now is the Evening Standard's health reporter, Daniel Keane. So, Daniel, this ballot is obviously hugely significant for nurses in the UK. What has led nurses to take action and announce this ballot? So the reason for the vote is mainly a protest at the government's decision in July to award most NHS staff a 5% pay rise. So ministers claim it will lead to frontline staff receiving a salary increase of around £1,400, But the Royal College of Nurses, who are balloting today, say that nurses should get a rise of 5% above inflation. And I understand some nurses have described their pay as a pittance, quite a damning indictment on their pay. What have they told you? So in the last week, I've been speaking to nurses who are members of the RCN, and there really is widespread anger over pay. And it's been bubbling over for quite a long time. I mean, this is an issue a lot of the nurses that I've spoken to say that this has been happening for about 15 years. They felt they've struggled to afford things. They feel that there is a limited progression financially uh, as they move through the pay bands. And especially at a time of inflation when their gas bills are doubling, it just really isn't enough. And of course, alongside pay, you've got really long working hours. Staffing shortages are kind of leaving hospitals very stretched. And when you're working immensely hard under under huge pressure, being paid sort of 35 thousand pounds, which is the average nurse earns, just isn't enough at a time of double digit inflation. And you mentioned staffing shortages there, and it does appear that a lot of nurses are leaving the profession because of both stressful working conditions and their pay. Are we facing a staffing crisis as well in the NHS? A hundred percent. And I think that issue is particularly pertinent in London, 
So last week we reported that the number of nurses leaving the NHS in the capital increased by more than 24%. So what you've got is a situation where nurses aren't paid enough. So understandably, they're seeking work elsewhere in the Middle East or in Australia particularly, where they can be paid better, where their working hours are better, where there's more of a focus on their well-being. And so you kind of have this toxic cycle of the government not awarding the pay rises that nurses feel that they deserve, nurses leaving, and then a kind of effect of the NHS becoming ever more stretched with rising demand. So part of what the Royal College of Nurses is trying to tell people is that better pay for nurses equals better care for patients, because in the long run, we plug those staffing shortages and we deliver better care. And the government's recent mini budget was very much geared towards trying to encourage businesses and people from abroad to come and work in the UK. Surely if people are heading from the UK abroad to go and work, the two cancel each other out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that the mini budget did was to spark real rage among a lot of nurses and, and indeed public sector workers as a whole, who perhaps understandably looked at the sort of scrapping of bankers' bonuses and felt, well, how am I only getting a 4 or 5% pay rise? You know, this it's insulting. I work so hard. My hours have got longer. Why are people in the city earning more than me? Is my job not as important as, as what they do? So you're absolutely right. These staffing shortages, I would say, and what many people in the NHS say, are actually at the core of the NHS's problems going forward. And we know the government is already under pressure to make sure benefits rise in line with inflation. This call for higher wages is just going to pile more pressure on, isn't it? I totally agree. And this could actually turn out to be a very uncomfortable situation for the government. There's been polling carried out by YouGov, which shows two thirds of the public support nurses taking strike action. Similar data released today by Epsos showing 60% of the public back a strike. So actually, I think that if the government were to engage in a kind of uncomfortable briefing campaign against nurses and nursing unions, it could really backfire. We've already seen what's happened with the rail strikes and trying to kind of demonise unions when actually a lot of the public rallied behind people like Mick Lynch and, and their call for higher wages. So I think the government could end up in a sort of tricky political situation here. They've obviously taken an extremely hard stance on strikes. And I suspect that trying to do the same in the context of nursing in the NHS, which is something that the public just loves and adores, could really, really backfire. And do you think Liz Truss and her cabinet will listen and possibly even act if nurses do vote for strike action? Well, I think there's a lot that remains to be seen. So we don't know particularly how how the strikes will play out. We don't know what their impact on care will be. I think it's really important to emphasise that Pat Cullen, who's the General Secretary of the RCN, has said there won't be a kind of material impact on really important things like intensive care. So that's one thing I think to stress. However, I do think, given sort of what we've said about the the rather uncomfortable politics of it all, that the government will want to settle this. They won't want this dragging on into the winter. And I think it's important to also realise this is taking place at a time of extreme pressure in the NHS have more than 6.7 million people on a, in a care backlog. We have record weights in A&E and for ambulances. And so the kind of picture that's, that's building up is of a health service that's really, really stretched. And ultimately, 
patients will see that. And, and, and that's what nurses said to me. They said, you know, if, if people strike and they're unhappy and they leave the health service, then they will notice that their care's got worse. And ultimately, I think that will come back to haunt the government because the NHS is one of the main priorities of any British government. And if they can't deliver good care, if they can't deliver on the backlog and get these waiting times down, then I think the Tories could be in real trouble. Let's take a break now. In part two, we'll hear from Maxine Wade, a practising nursing associate, who says their only option to retain nursing staff is to strike. Because it just doesn't feel like the government are listening to us or, or having an even dialogue with us about what we want and what we need. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is Maxine Wade, a practising nursing associate based in Yorkshire. So, first of all, Maxine, obviously it's a hugely significant day or moment for the Royal College of Nursing to ballot for strike action. What did you make of it when you heard about this ballot? I thought that it was about time that the RCN stood up for its members and made the voices of the nursing profession heard that um, we have had enough um, of the standards um, of care that we're delivering at the moment because with the short staffing that we have, with the workload, with the pressures on the NHS, we don't feel like we are able to perform our jobs to the best of our ability. And although it is sad that it has come to this point, nobody in the nursing profession, I imagine, ever thought that they would be in this position to go and strike and we don't want to do this. But I think it's good that we're finally standing up for ourselves and saying that we deserve better and our patients deserve better, which is ultimately why we're having this ballot now. And I've seen it described as a once in a generation chance to improve your pay. Does it feel like that? It does feel like that because we've never had a nursing strike in the UK apart from in Northern Ireland. And I think generally we're, we're seen as, you know, kind of a profession that we kind of get on with it or that it's a vocation and that we don't really do it for the money. However, you know, we're in the midst of a cost of living crisis and, you know, the, the general public has seen how hard we've worked, you know, not just during the COVID-19 pandemic, but the whole time, you know, since the conception of the NHS, you know, we've been the ones on the front line who have been there to support people. It's what often, you know, the most difficult times in their life and the wages that we have for what is essentially, 
you know, we are degree educated professionals with quite a high level of education and we have to do long hours. We have to do unpredictable shifts. You know, we'll put ourselves at risk of infection. We put ourselves at risk of getting COVID in the pandemic. And I think the wage should reflect that work. And I think only once you address the wages and the fact that the wage is so poor compared to other graduate professions, only then will you manage to sort out the staffing problem within the NHS, the nursing staffing problem, because it's it's not just a problem of recruitment. The main problem is of retention because you're not retaining people because people aren't getting paid enough when you know that you could get paid more money working as a deputy manager in a supermarket. So I think that's why we have this watershed moment now. I think I think COVID is the catalyst for us deciding that we deserve better. And I understand you have said that the only option to retain staff is to strike. Why does it feel like that? Because it just doesn't feel like the government are listening to us or or having an even dialogue with us about what we want and what we need is, you know, we were offered a, a small pay increase, but when you factor in the rise in national insurance, when you factor in the change to our pensions and the cost of living and the rise in energy bills, it doesn't touch the sides of, you know, how much money we need to be able to have a living wage and keep our heads above water. And I don't think the government have a clue. I don't think the health secretary and I don't think Liz Trust has a clue of what it's like working in nursing in the NHS at the moment with the short staffing, with the workload, with how many patients. You know, sometimes I'm expected to look after up to 12 patients on a shift and still expected to provide the same standard of care. And, you know, these are people's lives that we're dealing with. And as much as it is about fair pay, ultimately the reason why we want the fair pay is we want to make it an attractive job. We want people to join the nursing profession. But at the moment we have people leaving in droves because we've got nurses exhausted and burnt out, pushed to the absolute brink. And the government are just kind of shrugging their shoulders and just expecting us to get on with it. And enough is enough. We deserve better. And that's why I really do hope that our RCN members do vote to strike in the ballot. And for those people who perhaps don't have friends or family who are nurses or who are in the NHS, can you give us an example of the conversations you sort of have with your colleagues about this situation? We actually have conversations every day, me and my colleagues, and often it's we discuss how we would get more working on the tills at Aldi or, you know, working as a deputy manager at Aldi and we wouldn't have the level of stress and emotional burnout and responsibility that we have. You know, we have to pay to park at work. Registered nursing professionals like myself who are registered with the NMC, we have to pay £120 a year just to register to work. And... Sometimes it just feels like that we're not recognised at all for the amount of effort that we put in. It's it's hard work, it's messy work, it's emotional work, it's physically demanding, it's mentally stimulating. It's quite a lot of hard work and I'm not trying to pit nurses against any other professions. I think everybody deserves a fair wage. But when you consider the amount of responsibility that's riding on it, I mean, we do have people's lives in our hands. We, you know, the general public who don't know what nursing's like, We have your relatives. It could be you one day. We are responsible for you when you are unwell in getting you better and making sure that you are safe and that your needs are met. And this is something that we talk about all the time, that we deserve more 
for what is essentially one of the most important jobs in society, I think. And as you sort of said earlier, nurses really don't like to walk out on their patients, which is probably why there hasn't been a ballot for strike action in over 100 years. How hard will you find that if the vote passes? Okay, John, so something I, I, I will want to say is obviously it is very hard because obviously we got into this world because we wanted to help people and we want to provide patient care. Ultimately, that's why we all chose to work into nursing and nobody wants to strike. And obviously there is a lot of concern, not just from the general public, but also from members of the nursing profession who are wondering what would happen to the patients. And obviously some services would cease But I want to try and reassure people, especially the general public, that there is a process called derogation where even certain nurses like myself who would vote to strike, depending on if you work in an acute area, such as an acute hospital ward or an A&E or ICU, is we won't necessarily actually leave the wards or be on strike. It's not going to be a case of patients are going to be left and there's going to be no nurses to care for them. There will be measures put in place for us to manage this strike the best that we can to try and keep patients safe. Obviously, it is up to the NHS Trust to organise staffing around any potential strike. But what I will say is, yes, we don't want to do this and you know we don't want to put patient care at risk, but our argument is that patient care is being put at risk every single shift. And unless we stand up and fight against what's going on now, we're not going to see an improvement. So it's about time that we stepped up and said something. Do you think the government will listen now this ballot's been announced? Or do you think it will actually take an actual strike for them to make changes? I think it will take an actual strike for them to make changes because if we've seen with the way this government has treated, you know, railway workers, you know, postal workers, you know, there's a lot of action in a lot of different professions at the moment because with the cost of living crisis, we do feel like working people are paying the price for that. And I do feel like as nursing staff, we have been seen as a bit of a soft touch. And, you know, we saw during the COVID pandemic, the rhetoric, of us being heroes and angels and the clapping on a Thursday night and as much as we welcomed that support it wasn't you know a real terms pay increase in our pockets that really makes us feel valued in the work that we do and I feel like if we actually stood up people would take us seriously and see well the government would say have to take us seriously and see that we're not martyrs and that we're not heroes and that we're actually human beings like everybody else, with families, with homes to run, with bills to pay, with degrees, you know, with training, with a lot of skills and knowledge to bring to the table and that we should be paid just as fairly as other graduate professions for the work that they do because they need us more than we need them. And I think that, unfortunately, we have to take drastic action because nothing so far seems to have got the message across that, We're in a huge crisis with nursing staffing in the NHS at the moment and we need a resolution to that urgently because people's lives are on the line. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.